Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory be forever. <laughs> Whenever it's my topic, I'll start that way. <laughs> oh, I see. I was wondering, yeah. We apologize if you can hear a lawnmower in the back. Um, we are sitting outside of Schloss Gobel, Gobel's Rectory, where I currently live for another week and a half. And uh, sitting by the lake, by the pond. Oh, and it's so pleasant right now. The neighbor Beautiful decided day. to mow the lawn right when we started recording. Do you have the cicadas singing these days? Not Someone told noticed. me that they're, um, they're the end of summer bug. Like when you hear the cicadas, you know that it's uh, turning into fall. That's kind of a sad thing. Shame. I have never heard the cicadas in Colorado nearly as loud as they were when I grew up in New Mexico. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They were oh, they're the bad. Down, down where I live, downtown, is a lot. Okay. Every night, they're really? just singing, singing, screaming. And they do this weird thing where like they'll, they'll be buzzing, zzz, 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 and then they'll just stop. Yeah. And all of them together will just stop. They didn't all get eaten. Something <laughs> else happened. They're, yeah, somehow, they're happen. somehow communicating. <laughs> well, yeah, we're out here... Um, I, I don't know. I don't... Maybe the lawnmower is just a little soundtrack. Yeah. A little background thing. I used to mow lawns as a kid to make money. Yep, me too. And I love it. I like oh, yeah. for it, the smell of the fresh grass and the sound of the motor. Yeah. Just being outside. Like, as a priest, we can... Where, where do you... Do you have, do you have directees? Do you have people that come to you and want to talk? Yeah. I mean, you're in academia and so... Yeah, okay. It's not... I mean... I don't take on a lot of them. Yeah. I try to keep it minimal, but I do have some, yeah. Because I, I have a lot. Maybe it's just my ADD, but like when we're in the studio, I'm, I'm just looking at the guy across the microphone from me. But like this helps me just focus better when there's trees and oh, waterfowl. Like the, and, yeah, the open horizon. And the lake here and exactly. And I, I, I and find this beautiful that water case. pump. That's right. I know. <laughs> the one thing we can Unsightly. plug the mics into is, is a massive water pump right in front of us between us and the lake, but. That's you right. can you can kind of look over the pump and enjoy yeah. the lake. We're gonna try to take a picture of this uh, to post on social media. Look at that! Is that a dragonfly right there? This does feel the double awesome. wings. It's, I feel like I should have a. What are you pointing to? See right there, like oh yeah, yeah, the four yeah, wings. Yeah, that's cool. It's a beautiful like moth slash dragonfly. This is um, mutant. I feel like I should have a straw. <laughs> like a piece of straw in my mouth. Oh, I see. I thought you meant like a daiquiri or something. And like a straw hat. Oh, well, that would work too. It does does feel a little bit like a Corona commercial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like the growth and everything. I've, I've fished this pond, so. Nice. That's kind of what I see when I look at it is like, oh, yeah, I caught mm. a fish over there. I've tried that spot. Um, I dropped my phone into that lake. <laughs> oh, memories. Oh, I have a, so my buddy, uh, shout out to Connor Gallagher, he just bought a new house and there's a stream that runs right by his property mm. and there's a little bridge that goes over it and I was out visiting him for his 40th birthday party and and it was great because like when we pull over the stream and he says that every morning when he's heading to work, he just pauses on the bridge and he just listens to the water going by Ooh. and spends like 30 seconds just thanking God for the beauty of Living there and just of nature. And so I've started doing that. I I pull out right over there. Like as I'm I'm walking. So like pretty much right, the the stream goes underneath me, but between the two lakes here. And I I look out in the lake and there's almost always this massive, like two and a half foot long fish that I can see underneath the water. 
from right where I paused. And like, if you get the shade in the right place or the sun in the right place, the shade in the right place, you got to tell me where the fish is. There at. are massive fish in here. <laughs> this, I, I no, call it a are, lake. It's more like some a big pond. Stuff. It's like bass. Yeah, but there's something. There's a few huge fish in there. That's a good practice, though. I mean, I forget to do this kind of stuff, but I remember one Lent. It was my resolution to see a sunrise or sunset every day. Mm, It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. It was just a great life practice. And I feel like this is kind of, yeah, it's like the Sabbath invitation that's just waiting for us around the corner and that I don't often take. Right. Unfortunately. Yeah, I like that with sunrise or sunset because that's not only something beautiful, but it's something spiritually significant. Oh yeah, and we don't. We, since we have electricity, we don't quite understand how much the sunrise and the sunset affects the daily life because we can control the electricity in, in our lives. We can control the heat and the cool. We can control the light and the darkness. But there is something so beautiful about every time the sun is setting. Acknowledging, I mean, this is what we do in business vespers. Do you know what the Do you know what the oldest? I probably said this on the podcast before, but I don't think it was with you. This do you know what the show. oldest? Yeah, exactly. Quiz show. What is the oldest liturgical hymn still in use? It's a Byzantine thing. I apologize. Subtum Presidium. What's that? Um, the oldest liturgical... Oldest liturgical hymn or prayer still in use. Christian? Yes. Our Father? Damn. You're probably right. Dang. <laughs> sorry about that. We'll edit that out. <laughs> you're probably right, but... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Other than the Our Father. <laughs> that one's pretty old. It's O Joyful Light. Oh, cool. oh, joyful light of the holy glory that we sing in the Byzantine church at Vespers. And you sing it right before the sun sets. So when the monasteries, when you actually move Vespers and Matins according to the mm. sun, because you're praying Matins as the sun's coming up, Vespers as the sun's going down, you actually move Vespers so that you're singing the Perkimenon right as the sun goes below the horizon. And right before the Perkimenon, which is just usually the sun. I don't know what a Perkimenon is. Sorry, the Perkimenon. You got to tell is, me what a Perkimenon is. I like the word for sure. Stay calm and Perkimenon <laughs> or Terparion, whatever nice. it um, so, But it's, a, it's just a, um, it's sung at like Divine Liturgy right before the Epistle reading. Um, it's, but at Vespers, it, and you do it at Matins too, but at Vespers, it, it symbolizes, it's usually just a, a psalm with a verse. Okay. Like one, a line of the psalm with a verse. Um, and so the, but that, that is supposed to be done as the sun is going down. And right before that is the, O joyful light, or some translations are, O gladsome light. But it's pretty much saying at the heart, we, we are, we are celebrating that Christ is the light. Christ enlightens our lives. He enlightens our souls. He enlightens our bodies. He enlightens us. So as the sun's going down, we don't need to mourn too much because the sun only enlightens the world. We have a bigger light, a better light that is Christ. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it's kind of like saying, you can go ahead and go down, son. Like, yeah. We don't need you. It was nice. And you don't have to come back even. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess you don't need to come back, but it would be nice if you did. Um, so, and, but that is, someone told me, I guess, other than they are father, I stand corrected, but um, is, is the oldest liturgical hymn or prayer still in use today. Okay. And, it, and it, it was a prayer done right as the sun was setting. So I like it. Yeah. I like it. I mean... Perkimenon. Yeah, Perkimenon, right at the Perkimenon. And I, I, the people are probably thinking, did you guys get into the edibles um, out there in Colorado? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're just like sitting in hippie, you yeah. know, thinking about nature, uh, sitting by a lakeside. That is true. And we, uh, I am high on life. That's right. I'm high on Jesus. That's right. I'm high on the companions right now. Dude, I'm going to miss you. Oh, thank you. I'm going to miss right. you. This is the first time I've podcast with you since... The big announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
it's been a good run. You know, I think all the way back to um, traveling to the Holy Land together. Exactly. That's kind of where, that, I don't know if that's when I met you, but that's certainly when we hung out the most. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, were, you weren't even a priest. You were too hip. See, I'm not like a joiner, and you're too hip. <laughs> you were like the cool priest doing your cool thing. That is so funny. All of you guys no, talk I about, just, like, that I was a cool guy. Like, I, I've never been the cool guy. You're the cool guy. I think you just I, don't know it. I was, I, was, I was perceived that way when I was here, but I think that's because I've been the longest ordained. I and, think it's the vest. <laughs> Olo's got the signature vest. Yeah. Clerical vest look. Yeah. That is like cool. Yeah. It's not like it's not And it's the kind of thing where like only one dude can get away with that. Because so, it's other look people like I'm are trying gonna... too hard. No. I'm always afraid of that, no? No, okay. no, it's just your style, dude. I like I got it. a beard, a vest, and like I wear sambas most of the time because they're comfortable. Yeah. But that I'm... I don't approve of, but <laughs> I like the vest. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, sambas, sambas were cool once upon a time. When I was a kid, everybody. Yeah, I'm not. I'm actually not wearing them. To be I didn't cool. even know I'm they make them, them anymore. They look in my mind. They look okay. So this is what happened. I I had a friend. I somebody gave me sambas. Ricky Soldini, shout out to Ricky Soldini, gave Thanks, me Ricky. sambas, and I only wore them with jeans. Like when I the rare times I wouldn't be in clerics. And then a buddy, a, a parishioner of mine, shout out to Michael Wells, if he's listening, he, hey, would, Michael. he would wear dress clothes with sambas, like to church. And it looked fine. It, like, it, it wasn't. It, yeah. it wasn't like wearing sneakers. It somehow works. So I was like, well, could I do that with my clerics? Because they're so much more comfortable. And so I don't, yeah, but when I priests wear like all them. black sneakers, that just looks horrible to me. Oh, like really? no offense, but it's like all black sneakers just look like you're trying to hide the fact that you're wearing sneakers. When you're wearing some, uh, like, I think Brady does that. <laughs> Sorry, Doesn't Brady. He? he does. You're right. I'm trying to think of who, who's got that <laughs> he style. Does. But it's like, but Samba's like, I'm not trying to hide the fact that I'm wearing sneakers. I'm just absolutely wearing sneakers. Yeah. But they don't, they don't look non, they look fancy enough. Well, they're black and white too. So yeah, it's like exactly. very clerical. Exactly. I mean, if you had like yellow ones, that'd be loud. Yeah, that'd be a little bit obnoxious. Yeah, but I yeah. don't know. You're cool. I don't. I don't. I, I, I've said this before. I'm still this. This. I, I. I'm sorry if you guys get sick of this, but it really like it really tore my heart up when Chaput told me one time in spiritual direction, "You are really good at being a young priest. You're going to be horrible as an old priest." Oh yeah, he told me that. I, I remember you saying that, and so I, I'm always I, like weary. Kind of a strange piece of advice. <laughs> it is, but it was definitely advice. I mean, he was definitely, he was telling me a message of hope. He would, but he was saying, you need to change. So I'm thinking, I'm going to LA to be a priest there. I'm 41 years old. Like, what do I need to change oh, you're to trying be to a middle-aged priest update. now? And I'm meeting all new people. I'm, I was 27 when I came here. Good looking, youthful, energetic. I'm still Humble. energetic. <laughs> Right. Well, I can say that now. Back then, I, I, I could be humble now because I don't have those things anymore. But like back then, it was, it was a different thing, and I could kind of be cool. Now I'm 41 years old, going to an all-new place. Well, you don't have to all not new people. be cool anymore. I don't, I don't That's just such a weird word. I mean, yeah. We're not okay, trying fine. to be cool. You're not but, trying. Yeah. Yeah, that's, the fun, that's the fun thing. That's what makes you cool is that you're not trying too hard. <laughs> if you were trying too hard, then it would be annoying. Yeah. It'd be now like, that we're uh, thinking yeah, and talking about it, grow up. Yeah, it just makes it awkward. I don't know. I guess, okay, like, you can trade in your Sambas for some ortho, orthopedic shoes. But, like, tell me honestly, you know, like does, the, this the make, ones that does the, the Sambas look order? like I'm trying too hard? No, I does never thought about it. Does the vest look like I'm trying too hard? No. No? Okay. 
I'll trust you on this, Mikey. Well, yeah. I, don't, I mean, you don't have to do it. You can get <laughs> no, rid of the I, best I just, in the sambas. The shades, maybe that's the part. I have my head, don't I? Yeah. The No, I don't think you got to... Life, life changes us. Life yeah. kind of presents... Age presents itself, and it happens. Yeah. So you don't have to try too hard, even to get older whatever your weird plan is right now see i want to try too hard i just don't want to look like i'm trying too hard yeah (laughs) so vain (laughs) well that's cool though uh you know what is not cool the flavor of this coconut Lacroix. you're not a fan oh wait a minute can i say that it's like product are we gonna get sued i hope not i hope not i love let me say this i love Lacroix. generally i like this whole movement Uh, i don't know where it came from but um sparkly stuff like seltzer water is trending I call it burp soda. I mean, it's got very little to it, but yeah, that's, you know. that's why I call it burp soda. It's like so little taste. It's almost like you just. That's what they were drinking over at. I went to the concert at Red Rocks, mm-hmm. and everybody's drinking these uh, white clam kind of oh, seltzer. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this new- thing is coconut, and it's gross. I don't like coconut. I thought it was going to be gross, but I actually had one. I was like, actually, not so bad. It's it's tastes more like coconut than I thought, and you it somehow the works. Pomplamoose. I have pomplamoose. Okay. Good band and well, good soda. Well, folks, um, I don't know what our topic is. Are you doing? Yeah, no, yeah, it is my are topic. Are we just Sorry, talking we, about? We banted a little bit too long. So, so this is my topic. This is my experience. So it's my my. It started because I'm going to give all kinds of shout outs today. So. Perla Hoskins and Mark Hoskins and their beautiful three little children. Right. Um, they they gave me a Jeep, a 2000 Wrangler Sport, white. I love it. White. I've had yeah. so much fun in it. You can take the doors off if you want to. You can take the top off if you want to. It's so See, Colorado. You're cool. oh, yeah, but, th- but, but that you was, didn't that try that. Sh- nope, nope. Just, that was a, that was a that. sheer gift, and it was an amazing gift, and I'm absolutely loving it. Now, it would never make it out to California. Yep. I mean, it, it needs it needs a bit of work, but anything that old is going to need work. And I've loved it. And so, anyway, what were you driving? You were driving that old Beamer thing. I was driving another gift. So prisoners gave me a, a '98 BMW. Uh, it was it was a limo. It was a limo. So it, it's technically it's not a stretch, <laughs> but it's technically a limo. Have you ever ride in the back of that thing? There was so much legroom. I don't remember. I could fit like every companion in my in my car. So I drove that, and before that, I drove a '98 Honda Accord manual transmission, and that was also a gift. So my, is this like a Byzantine thing where people give you give you cars? I guess Are they like I mean, this is my only, this has been my only assignment. I have no idea oh, okay. if this is how the Byzantine church works, but it's certainly. Been I just that way not, with me. I don't have people walking up to me offering yeah. me cars. So <laughs> maybe I just look. <laughs> maybe I'm at the wrong really parish. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, so somebody came up and said to me, I want to give you a absolutely smoking deal. Shout out to Matt Tynan. Yep. A smoking deal on a, on a car that's going to make more sense in California. Okay. So it is an absolutely smoking deal. And I... You said that. I think it sounds like a smoking <laughs> deal. <laughs> and it's going to be so helpful to actually have a car that will make it back and forth from Denver to L.A. I'm, my bishop wants me to start an outreach um, up north of LA, and it will help me to get that do that a little better. I will be able to drive more and not worry about it breaking down. And I, when I go to LA, I'm not going to have nearly as many people loving on me, so I will not have the not help, right away. Not right away. So I won't have the help that I have here. So it's, it just makes sense. But I'm going to miss this Jeep. And I thought, so well, you can hand it over. 
well, I'm, I'm giving it back to the, the Poskins who gave it to me. And then, then Pearl is so oh, okay. good. She's like, I was going to say my little brother, Johnny was wanting a car. Yeah. yeah. Well, so it was, I mean, they, I think they kind of gave it to me cause they knew I needed it, but it's, it's a fun car to have. Yeah. And so Mark used to love it. So anyway, so I'm going to give it back to them. And they said, whenever you're back in town, you get to we'll drive your the airport, car. You can drive, you can drive the Jeep. So it's amazing. But I thought, how many things have I experienced, especially here in Denver? How many things have I experienced one time that I can think back on and say, I only need to have experienced that once. And, and that will actually satisfy me for the rest of my life. Think of the sacraments of baptism, okay. of chrismation, of marriage, of ordination. There are certain things in the church that we only need to experience once. Once. Hmm. And, and, of course, those sacraments, they, they last. I mean, they continue to endure. They continue to be effective for our whole life, of course. We live them out every single day. But there's something about, about that Jeep. And we're sitting here at this pond. I don't, I've mm-hmm. never lived in a house this nice. I literally used to have dreams of exploring mansions <laughs> and beautiful properties. Like, yeah. like just and now I I live in a property for the next week and a half that is gorgeous. It has a pond, a lake, it has it fish, it's, it has waterfowl. This is beautiful. It has this really cool pathway going up to it. It's like hidden. You have a beautiful house that you can explore and you have just absolutely and I thought now do I need that every day or will in 20 years from now will I look back if I'm ever tempted to say, oh, wouldn't it be mm. nice to live in a nice house on a piece of land? I think I'm the type of personality where I go, nope, I've done that. It was good and beautiful, and I'm yeah. so glad I had that experience. I've driven a Jeep, something I could take the doors and the top off. It was such a good and beautiful experience, but I think whenever I'm like, oh, I wish I had that Jeep again, I think I can say, I, I, I think I can actually say I had that experience, and it was wonderful, and I, I don't necessarily need it every day. Because I had an experience. I thought the same thing. You and I, we were talking about Rhino here in Denver. It's a neighborhood called mm-hmm. um, River North Neighborhood. It's amazingly hipster, street art, yeah. microbreweries. I love it. You Lots would love street it. Art. Yeah, you and I, I like could it. do amazing at this neighborhood. And, and Joseph Lajoie got put there, and so we can stay there and help him out. But I thought I was seeing all these young people walk by you know, with all their friends, and they're going to the microbrewery, to the, to the coffee shop, to go get tattoos, to go look at street art. And I'm going, did I... Like I'm, I'm a little bit at 41 years old. I'm a little bit like, oh, that's such a good life. I want that again. <laughs> and then I'm like, you know what? I got that. I did. You're I, talking about the their free, you know, live free. Yeah, and just young people hanging out in community, with the people going yeah. drinking good beer, walking down the street, enjoying the summer evening. Like that, that I, I had that. Thank God, I had. Shout out to Connor Gallagher, Ryan Monk, my my buddies from from school. Patrick, shout out to my you know Liam uh, Gal, uh, Liam uh, Claus from De- from Albuquerque. You know, I Eric Hartenberger. Like these are the friends I had that I just bummed around with and had those experiences. So now twenty years out, I'm looking back and going, like, oh, I wish I could do that again. I'm like, you know what? I don't need to do it again. Yeah. I have you guys. I have the companions, and 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 I hmm. had that. I God gave me that experience. And there are certain experiences that I need over and over and over again. That's why God gave us the Eucharist, right? And confession. Because some aspects of our faith, we need to experience over and over and over again. They need to be enduring. That's why Jesus chose bread and wine to become his body and blood. Because those are food and drink. We, those sustain us, but we need them over and over and over again. So there's something about our faith, like the Eucharist and confession, sacrament of the sick, that, that we need to sustain us. And there's things about our faith that we only need to receive once. And I think those things are mirrored in our life, hmm. especially what I'm experiencing. Now, it's cool, man. I think it's um, a beautiful way to look at things, and is um, a sign of. See, you say, "Oh, I'm I'm just a young guy, whatever." Um, 
it's very wise, you know, to so, be able to say, I can appreciate the, what I've had yeah. and just be grateful and enjoy it. And even look back, you can kind of savor, repeatedly savor a memory, but um, it's just different than the experience itself, yeah. right? So you can look back and, um, I mean, not have the car, Think back on this time when you lived here, and it'll bring joy to your yeah. your soul. You know, it kind of keeps it fresh all the time. But I like that. I like that. Um, I haven't really thought about that difference between things that are repeating all the time yeah. and it, sacramental stuff, and then this sort of the mark or like the yeah the one timer. Like, psychologically, it has to do with everything with change, transition, saying goodbye. I mean, that's all hmm. a psychological thing. And, you know, um, God is enduring. God does not change. So there are aspects of our life that we always need. We always need God. We cannot say, oh, man, I used to, be, I used to have God, and now I don't need him anymore. No, we need him all the time. But is, so is there anything, Mikey, where you have said, I, will be, I, 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 I needed it once in, to have the experience of it, but mm. now I can actually not only have the memory that's kind of hokey, but just to say that fulfilled something in me to have yeah. a certain experience. And now I can move on with further adventures, having other experiences. Yeah. I mean, I tend to, I'm the, I'm not a kind of person who likes to repeat things. Okay. Okay. So I don't, I, I don't see a movie twice. Okay. Even though I might love it. Absolutely love it. I won't see it twice. Um, I've been to some places Somebody was asking me, Where's the, what's your you know, favorite place? And I was thinking, ah, maybe like Scalig Michael was really mm, cool. Nice. But I wouldn't go back. Okay. It was a great experience, great moment. I guess if, if someone said, I would like to go, and uh, could, would you accompany me? Hmm. Then I might go. Yeah. But that would be, so there would be something novel Exactly. There. New, yeah. And um, yeah, I'm not the type. I do think there are people who just find what they like and they do it over and over, you know. Um, I know some, I've got, FB's kind of like this, Johnny's kind of like this sometimes. Um, they, they get that favorite restaurant mm-hmm. or they got that favorite um, kind of Starbucks drink or activity. They're always going to do it. Yeah. The same things. And I'm, I'm, I'm less like that. I do like a kind of freshness, doing n- new things and, the adventure of that. And so uh, as such, you, ha- you do have to kind of like let go of even the really good experiences. My problem is that I don't, I don't really savor them. I don't take them seriously in a joy. Hmm. I just kind of jump to the next thing. Right. So for me, a lot of it is like you're doing the work right now to stop and say, what a cool place I live in mm-hmm. or uh, have lived in you know mm-hmm. just to be kind of like mindful and aware and reflective on that stuff yeah. i could do more of that i think you know that marie kondo thing where you kind of hold something in your hand and you does this give me joy or life or yeah. whatever it is and then you if it doesn't you marie get rid kondo, of it. yeah i uh I, I did that the other day i was like just starting to purge i was like oh, i'm yeah. moving i'm gonna get rid of a bunch of stuff and that's there was a some- nice part of uh, moving I like that part. Yeah, I do Where too. you kind of simplify. I like the simplification. I like the purging. But there was something about little small nostalgic items, just little things people have given me. And I'm going like, if I save everything, I'm going to just be overwhelmed with stuff. And I thought, so I was like, I don't, I'm, I think I was holding like a little frog someone gave me like when I was even a kid. 
and I'm holding this frog and going like, this brings me back. It's nostalgic. It's sentimental. Mm. I love it. But there was something about saying, I, I know objectively I should be able to get rid of this. And yet there's something, it doesn't bring me joy. I, mean, I, I don't, don't want to bring the Maria Kondo thing, take that too seriously. But there was something about, I need to acknowledge the, 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 the way that this has impacted my life. I need to acknowledge that, that I love this and I did love it and it was a gift. And this sounds so hokey, but I literally just started kissing, this is very Byzantine too, I started kissing the, the things and then throwing them away. Like the kissing was some sort of acknowledgement of like this, Mm. this had an impact on my life and I want to acknowledge that. It's very psychological, of course. I want to acknowledge it and then I can throw it away because I've somehow given it the dignity it deserves as, as being such an impactful thing in my life. And I, mm. I, res, I, res, I acknowledge the dignity. This sounds so hokey. I can't believe I'm saying all this. It sounds so hippie. But yeah, like, I love it. I acknowledge I, it and then I throw it, it away. And I'm, like, and I'm very Kondo. peaceful. Like, I can mm. throw it away now because I've, I've kind of, re, I, I've given it, I've, I've acknowledged the impact it's had, responded with some sort of physical, tangible action, and now move on. Mm-hmm. Well, I, it makes me think of um, this line where Jesus is talking about um, unless you are detached from everything like yeah. you can, unless you let go of mother, family father, mother, sister, mother, brother, yeah. everything you cannot follow and this sort of I, I don't know some moment we, we got into um, interest in the, this letting go word as um, bidding, bidding farewell to things oh, yeah. so it's, it is the act of leaving something but it's doing it with this kind of respect you're you're acknowledging it somehow yeah when you bid farewell it's like uh, yeah you you are you're just not ditching it you're not like get just getting rid of stuff but i do think um if you those attachments keep us from being able to enjoy new things and to receive new joys so if if we can let go and move on, then you can have something new to enjoy. I mean, yeah. like this new car that you're going to drive, yeah. it's going to be its own experience yeah. of joy. Oh, yeah. But if you cling to your old Jeep too much, you're not going to experience this new ride. Right. You know? And that's very simple. Yeah. These are like kind of material pleasures. But I do think there's, there's something even in the heart where I'm attached. This was the greatest moment of my life. You know, this yeah. frog, yeah. this friendship, whatever. Yeah. And then you can be like preoccupied about um, recreating those things, having that. That's the best. Yeah. Instead of being open to kind of a new, new joy, new, I don't know, some, I, some, something fresh that, the, that life could give you or providence or God, you know? I think I've done that a couple different ways. Like I'm definitely one of those creatures of habit where I'll go back to the same restaurant over and over again. I love it when the same people are there, like the same thing. And I think part of it is trying to relive something that was joyful and good and beautiful. Mm. And the other part is actually trying to say, this experience should be better than I've had. So I'm going to keep on going back thinking until okay. this experience is as fulfilling as I think it should be. And sometimes it's probably one saying, I want to have that same experience again. And sometimes it's saying, I have this ideal in my head, like a platonic ideal of what the experience of going to Cheers, where everybody knows your name. What's yours? Tellers? Tellers here. Yeah, locally it was Tellers. Yeah, so, Cheers. So, so there's, it's like, there, I think both of those things can be present in these different experiences, but you're right. I think that's why we need to say, 
in that sense, we can say God does have other things planned. So I need to stop trying to relive an experience and I need to stop trying to force what I would consider the worthy experience on a situation. You know, I think, I think I've seen that even in the fraternity here, the companions. I mean, we're, we're, some of us are saying this has been such a good experience of, of fraternity and brotherhood that I'm going to try to relive the good moments and they come back up and we have them. Other times we're saying this should be more of a fulfilling experience. So mm. I'm going to try to force try to force within the fraternity the, the, the experience that I think I should be having in it. And then I, I, I like force too much and I push too hard. Um, whereas if we just kind of sit back and say, if I, if I remove the assumptions, this is kind of like we were talking about a summer conference the, the day you, you left before you came back. Um, we were talking about ideology on that podcast. You, mm-hmm. you listen to it, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like you, we, we, ideology is imposing a worldview on a situation, whereas Christianity should, even though I believe there is some worldview and ideology in, in Christianity, but there, there is also this, I'm going to perceive and accept the stimuli as it comes in. I'm going to accept yeah. and perceive what Reality the world the way it is. is outside of me. Yeah. It's not imposed. So what do you do after you uh, kiss the frog? Throw it you away. You take it to Goodwill? Oh, throw it oh, away. Oh, I mean, this was like... it was Give a it little, away to people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, something that was more important than that, I would. But I honestly, I have been... I don't have the time to like, this is going here and this yeah. is going here. Yeah, I'm yeah. just like, Bishop gave me four weeks. Yeah. And I've been here 14 years. And so I, I'm getting rid of books without even, I'm like, do not let my left hand know what my right hand is yeah. doing. I just, I, well, that's the best to way to will. do it. And this that we away. try to do, you know, the companions have this annual purge thing yeah. where you basically want to be able to fit your life in your car. Exactly. So you can Wouldn't just go, nice? you know, mm-hmm. where's the next place? And if you can't, then you got too much stuff. Especially now, I don't know. Salads. I haven't, yeah. I haven't tried that experiment recently. Yeah. And I don't know. I used to have a truck. <laughs> You'd have more life, I think, with a big truck bed, but I I don't really love to keep a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of sentimental, but not really attached to the things, you know, that kind of provoke the memories and yeah. remind you. And I don't think I am, and then I look at it, and I'm like, oh. That well, a lot of things memories. are gifts, yeah. and then I'm kind of attached to them. Yeah. Yeah. But because they're they remind me of the gift giver or whatever. And it's nice too because like with, with letters, people write letters, give you letters. Nowadays, you can just take a picture with your phone, save the image. I mean, I, I know that's not the same. You're not holding the letter in your hand. You're not looking at the original writing. But I mean, and letters are easy to keep because they're so thin. But there, there is, it is that, you know, someone gives me a coat, someone gives me a, you know, a picture, a little statue or something. It's like, I want to acknowledge how much I'm gracious and how thankful I am for this gift mm. that it did have an impact on my life when I could use it. I don't want to at all belittle what the gift was, but that's kind of what the kiss does is just acknowledge the power of it. And then I say it's, it's had the impact. I think it was intended mm-hmm. and now I'm going to move on. Yeah. Do you think we get to uh, kind of build our own world in heaven? Like, do you get to tell God, I would like, I remember living at that place. Mm. I would like to yeah. build a house like that. That's yeah. where I want to live. Or I want to have a lake there. Yeah. And then you get it? Or See, is I, that not a fair question? I mean, No, <laughs> I think it is beautiful. Because I, I this is nice. I feel like, you know, with the, the breeze yeah. and the company, yeah. talking onto these weird microphones. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I could say, yeah, I'd, I'd go for that. I'll take one of those days today. 
I'm just such a purist when it comes to heaven. Like in, in my mind, it's Jesus and each other, and that's it. That's all I need. That's all I want. That fulfills every single one of my desires in some way. So I tend to think when it comes to like controversial topic, like when it comes to pets in heaven, when it comes oh, to yeah. you know uh, houses, Just any speculation, and the rooms, it all it is all speculation. Yeah. But I tend to. Or think, do you get to? Can you look back on your life? Can you be like, oh, I, w- I wonder what I was like when I was twelve? You remember when that purgatory. happened? I'd like to go. <laughs> yeah, that's probably purgatory. That is a little bit kind of self-serving or something. Yeah. Navel gazing. No. Yeah, no, I, I think that is true, and there's a certain adventure. But see, like, I think all time and all space. Like, I've, I've always wanted to go to the Japanese gardens in Japan. I'm moving, like, right down the street from Japanese gardens in L.A. Yeah. So I'm like, I wa- I've always wanted to go, I want to go see Japan. I, I want to see Australia. I'll probably never see those places. Yeah. And before I went to Rome, it's like, I want to see Rome. Like, when I go to heaven, will God take me to Rome, like can I? My, we used to tell my grandmother she never made it to Ireland, she, and and we said, you know what, Grandma, you're going to fly over Ireland on the way to heaven. Like you're going to get the full yeah, tour, things like sweet. that. To kind of, and it is beautiful, but I tend to think like everything that is beautiful about Japan and Australia and Ireland, that's all just God. I mean, yeah, those are the revel. What we find well, is beautiful true. is just so, a revelation of God. We don't need the other things. Yeah, we don't need these like kind of uh, expressions of the yeah. beauty. The the instances yeah. of the beauty. But I think that's almost what makes it so beautiful. Like that there is, you know, it, there's, a, it's, a, 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 there's, a, it, it's unnecessary, but yeah. every place like this has its own particular yeah. beauty. You know? And, that's very and you can't experience everything. Yeah. You kind of have to look, like drop that expectation or desire or something. Yeah. At a certain point, because you just can't, you know, right? And you, the, the more I had traveled, the more people I meet, the um, the more beautiful I think um, places are. So mm. it's 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 almost like there's a lot more out there than I even knew. Yeah, it's like c- coming up a mountain and then you see a bigger horizon. Um, it kind of whets your appetite for. I want to know more. I want to yeah. meet more people. I want to, yeah. um, like. I, I've traveled around a lot, and it's like, I want to live here. I want to live yeah. here. Give me 10 years living here. Yeah. I don't want to spend a week here. I really want to, like, get to know the food and the language and the people and, you know, see how life works, yeah. you know. But, yeah, you t- life has all these, like, kind of moments, I guess, along yeah. the way. Well, let me ask you this. Something cre- interesting you said, and I don't think this can tie into the topic, but I've thought about it a lot about it. Do you have the same experience I do where, like, I find if, if I isolate myself for some reason, whether it's just I get too busy, if I remove myself from people and community, I start to objectify those things more. Mm. Like, even think of in the way of, um, like, like, objectification when it comes to, like, lust. Mm. You know, I, and, and I'm not talking about lust here, but th- there's something about if I, if I tend to have... I really wish, like I start feeling sorry for myself. I really wish more people cared for me, more people thought about me, more people, you know, uh, showed their appreciation for me. If I'm being, if I'm isolating myself, then it's more, I start, I start objectifying, like, what can people do for me mm. more? Because I need that. I'm, I'm, but if, if I'm around people more, it's much easier to not objectify them. I imagine it's the same, that same thing like with, if I'm around more women, I, w- I will not lust as much. 
And it, that, that might seem odd, hmm. but I found that to be the case. Like if, you, if you're encountering real people, that, that, then it's, then it's you're, you're taking in the, the stimuli and taking in real life, and, and we're not, we, we see the world for how it truly is. I forget what you just said that got me thinking about this, but something about like engaging with the real world helps us to see the truth and the beauty and the goodness that is God in it. And the more we engage with real life, it, it's more when we isolate ourselves and start taking all of the real world and, and making it selfish. Like, what can that do for me? And I get it in my, into my own head. That's when we start abusing the things of the world, whether it's through lust or selfishness, pride, anger, greed. And then, but if we're engaging with it and open to it, it just, it makes living the life of non-objectification much easier. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, living, living in the real I remember, I guess the, the example that comes to mind for me is like when I lived over in Rome and I was on my own out there, yeah. then companions became something different. Yeah, interesting. In my mind, it was like idealized or, mm. um, it, I mean, ways it felt, it, it felt like more necessary than ever and less necessary than ever at the same time but it yeah. was that was in the abstract yeah when it's with the guys it's just this is reality and yeah. it's good but it's not good in the same way where like i can pretend that if i just had this then everything would be better or yeah. everything would be worse or whatever um it's interesting i'm getting a little more pushback than expected from some companions about me trying to maintain some sort of like companions and relationship. Oh. Like just say, hey, you know, is it okay if I is it okay if I stay in my fraternal group for a couple months after I move? Oh. Just for like, you know, bi monthly check ins. I'm not gonna have a community out there for a bit. So can I just say, hey, this this is how the transition was. Um that we have our check ins within our fraternal groups right here. Yeah. How is your spending? How's your relationships? How's your prayer? Yeah, yeah. All these check ins. I'm like, can I have those well, check ins with you? That sounds good. But see, but I, I've got yeah, what are, pushback, what, and I. What are and they? But I'm wondering to? if it's because I mean, when I do move, I'm not going to have this shared life with you guys anymore. I'm not. Mm-hmm. So there's something like that's why fraternal works. That's why fraternal groups work, at least in the companions context. I know most priests don't share lives, and they still have fraternal groups. So there's still this like, well, here's what's yeah. going on in my life. Can you please give me feedback about it? Um, but I'm wondering if that's what it is. Like when I'm out there, I will have a certain isolation. Um, that 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 will make maintain I'm trying to find I'm just trying to find the reactions I've gotten in a, and put them in a good light that that like I'm out there there is a certain isolation especially in the beginning and and that's going to that's going to twist or or mutate my understanding of what fraternal groups are for maybe I'm way off base here I but. just think maybe it's like helping you let go and helping you move on yeah I guess well, you yeah. know you, you got to make cling. friends there you got to be yeah. find support structures or whatever some that would be my guess for why somebody might object to but I just, it just doesn't seem if you were going to say like okay I'm going to try to be a companion um right and call and like call in and Skype into every Lord's Day and while you guys are eating <laughs> I'm going to watch you eat um then it's like well that would yeah kind of creepy <laughs> you got to move on right Miguelito is yeah. like uh but to have some Sort of connection, I think, yeah. is that to me seems very natural, yeah. like healthy. Like we're gonna miss you, you yeah. know, and, and we d- we shouldn't want to rush into the 
sort of tragic and, tragic change. Yeah. And we as companions are very good at saying there's a difference between the community that is the brotherhood and then individual friendships. Mm. So like the, the community within the companions, every companion that joins is a brother and is part of the community. And that will never change. That mm-hmm. foundation will always be there. But within the community, you can have friendships based upon personality mm-hmm. and things like that. And so I think that's kind of what the opposite of what I'm going to do. I'm going to leave the community, leave the brotherhood, but I will always still have my, you guys will mm-hmm. always be my friends. Yeah. You know, and that's not going to change. Yeah. I mean, if you ditch us, I'm going to be <laughs> mad at you. <laughs> I have LA friends now. They're better looking and more fit than you. Yeah, guys. that's right. <laughs> You're going to upgrade to all this plastic. Uh, um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, LA. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of like, yeah, you do have to live with the kind of reality and you're going to have to live with some new reality over there, new people, new, um, new things to receive, but like kind of like this theme that you're talking about when you do let go well and are grateful, acknowledge things and the good that they've brought to your life and savor them. And then let go. Then you really do have room for yeah. new discoveries. Yeah, you know, new yeah. people. If you spend your whole time, you go over there and you spend your whole time on the phone with people back here, right. <laughs> you're just not living. Yeah. And then you know, it's going to be less of a. I don't know. It's just kind of yeah. plain pretend. And think of that's not really a danger for me. I mean, I, I'm very much yeah. I don't see you engaged with what's right in front of me. So I'm, I'm I am looking forward to all the new friends, all the new fraternity I make, um, all my new parishioners. I am look really looking forward to all those things. And it, it's not like I'm going to be living in the past all the time. I know that's not the case. I, I don't. That's not a, a temptation of mine, even. So, but it will be nice to have that. Uh, I, I'm happy though the way that you're doing the goodbye. You know, kind of mm. just transitioning out. Yeah. Seems like a really joyful way to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not kicking and screaming and letting go of stuff. You're just sort of reminiscing and enjoying, yeah. like, the memories and the people. And, yeah, and it is going to be good. nice to have the big party on the 23rd. This is probably going to be about after the party, but yeah. Oh, yeah. My, uh, oh, you I'm can't just, mention that. Everybody's going to show up. City. I put it on social media already. Did you? I don't mind if they show up. I'm actually going to do... All right, this, you heard that. People. Is this weird? I'm going to do a... This sounds, I mean, so many people use uh, WonderWe or um, GoFundMe for like really, really important I know things. GoFundMe. I don't know what WonderWe is. It's like, a, it's like, a, it's like a, a less popular, less same, corporate same GoFundMe. So I think I can put on WonderWe and I'm going to be like, I, I just, I want people to be able to come to my going away party and mm-hmm. not have to worry about bringing anything or coming, you know, if you can't afford anything. So I'm thinking I'm just going to put out a GoFundMe or WonderWe and just be like, can you chip in some money so that we can get a couple of kegs and some bottles of wine? I don't know, pizza? man. I think you gotta. I think you gotta ask around to some private benefactors. You can't do GoFundMe. Why not? Because then everybody's gonna want to go fund me their whole their own parties. Yeah, why not? Let them. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. I, that would be very annoying. But this is gonna be mind. like two hundred people. It's like it's like this thing. When everybody's got a charity there, you know, it's my birthday, give to my charity. Yeah. Well, I've got my charities, you know? It's like yeah. I, I go to Walgreens, and they say, would you like to donate $2 for t- to save children's lives? Yeah. And I'm like, well, you, you, I want to ch- save the children, right. but now everybody's fundraising. I get what you're it's saying. Like, but- why, 
but part of me also was like, well, then keep scrolling or say no. Like I know, I know it's really hard. No, to I do just those don't things, want it. I don't want it to catch on and have everybody is now funding their own. No, I I'd like it. to go it's to a the weird Rockies thing game. to ask for money. I'd like to go to the Rockies <laughs> game. Hey, why don't you guys? I'm doing a GoFundMe for you. I'd like. Who cares? I'm going to have two that's beers what you and two do. slices right, of pizza. So that's what you do. Is you get a, a friend, you're GoFunding your not party. me though. Okay. Because uh, I am terrible at organizing things, <laughs> but uh, you get your friend to do one for you. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah, then it's, right. it's kind of roundabout. Can I just, just put your name on there? Look is weird. Father Mike Rapp is doing a GoFundMe for my going yeah. away party. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you can. I, I don't do care. That. I won't do that. All right, Mikey. Well, I Shameless. Think I think I got out my my topic. Just it. There is something about the way that Christ works in our lives and in the church, where there are certain things we experience once and they continue to give us life, and there's certain things that we experience over and over and over again that somehow reveal those two parts of Him. One part of Him hmm. is like with my spouse. I need to hear "I love you" more often than just once. Hmm. You know, but Jesus, when He says "I love you," there's something pervasive in it. And of course, I still read the Word of God. I still know He loves me. He tells me He loves me all the time. But there's still something kind of foundational, pervasive in it. So there are certain aspects of our life in the church and life of faith that are we experience things one time and they they fulfill us. Uh, a, a piece of us had uh, something missing in our lives has now been filled, mm-hmm. and I can move on saying that experience helped me know the world better and Jesus better. There's other experiences I need over and over and over again, and that's reflected in the sacramental life of the church, liturgical life of the church. And, and and what I'm talking about, the psychological and daily lived mm-hmm. life of the church, especially at the point of transition. Cool. I like it. All right, shout outs. Um, shout outs. Annunciation Heights. Ah, uh, nice. There's a bunch of missionaries up there who are cool. And um, some of them asked for a shout out, and I don't remember who did okay so all you are wonderful missionaries nice. thank you for serving uh the families and like the, the kids at camp and nice. what a cool time i mean it was like we did high ropes we prayed a lot nice we did square dance nice and a talent show i mean cool. that's it was great and so god bless you all you missionaries and um keep listening did you do anything for the oh here's a, here's here's a yeah i did i did this disappearing eye trick that I had <laughs> and this little girl um, maybe like five or something she could do it too so oh, we nice. performed it together cool I mean it it's really it takes about two seconds <laughs> <laughs> and, but it's a great talent cool. um, shout out to Father Mike Schmidt ah. who was um, I had the pleasure of celebrating the vigil for the Annunciation uh, for the Assumption with okay. a few days ago he happened to be at Our Lady of Lords filming for the Augustine Institute. I heard that was happening, yeah. So even though he's our podcast rival, <laughs> um, it was great to see him and, um, yeah, to, nice. to pray with him. I have a funny story. I was nervous because it was like he had spent five hours that day filming, teaching about how to preach, okay. and then I was preaching. <laughs> yes. Mass. Like, oh, great. Intimidation. So I have a funny Father Mike Schmidt story. Um, I might have told this already. I apologize if I did. I tell a lot of stories. Um, but I was, so Leah was opening up for Seek last year. And um, she had asked me if I could go just pray over her before she went on stage. Mm-hmm. And our flight was delayed, so I didn't make it. So Father Mike Schmitz stood in and, and, oh, and nice. gave her a blessing. Okay. And, and, um, but Leah's kids don't know Father Mike. So when like, he, he actually like, you know, put his... 
put his hand on her back and was praying before she went on. And one of Leah's kids, little Ambrose, goes running up, don't touch my mommy. And oh. He's like pounding on him while he's well, trying to pray. That's a, like, there's a defensive little kid. That's a good little guy. I did not Protector. see this, of course, but I heard about it. I thought that was really funny. So, Father Mike, I don't think you listen, but if you do, I'm the, I'm the awkward, bald Byzantine priest who introduced myself uh, at Seek the other yeah, uh, cool. year, last year. So. All right, Mikey, this is awesome. We'll do yeah. a second one. Your topic next. Right on. All right, Catholic Stuff You Should Know. Um, CatholicStuffPodcast.com. Gmail. Catholic Pos- Catholic Stuff Podcast at Gmail. And then uh, I all, always all social things. media and all platforms. And go fund him. Go fund my going away party. <laughs> Not for my sake. No, no you don't have to say anything. I tried to throw friends. that in there. I'm it's just throwing that in there. I appreciate that. All right, blessings, people. <laughs> Bye. Love you.